0: Well, hey, we are in a series right now uh, called The Names of God. We've been studying these various names of God throughout the Old Testament. And you might wonder, why does God have all these different names? Well, it's because every name tells us something specific about God's character. How do you possibly capture the multifaceted character of God, right, with, with just one name, right? And so he has various names because each name teaches us something unique about who our God is. Something that helps us in life to trust him and to find refuge in him. And this morning, we're going to be looking at the name Yahweh Rafa. Yahweh Rafa. Now, the name uh, Yahweh Rafa means Yahweh heals. So if you're taking notes, um, that's the first thing. Yahweh Rafa means Yahweh heals. Okay? Okay. Uh, Last summer, uh, my, my daughter Callie, she was jumping on the bed with her cousin, and uh, you know that saying, you know, two little monkeys jumping on the bed, you know, one fell off, and one, it was like, is it bumped, broke, I, I don't know, bumped its head? Bumped, okay, bumped its head. Well, she didn't bump her head, she broke her arm. And, uh, and my daughter's pretty tough. We had never really seen her cry like this before, and, and she just found herself. I mean, she was just an emotional mess, just crying and in a lot of pain. So we knew it was serious, so we had to, you know, take her to the hospital. But honestly, the break itself was not the most painful part, like the actual, like getting it broken. And in the moment, you know, falling off the bed, you know, you got to go into the doctor. they got to, like, straighten out the, the arm. they got to make sure the bone is set right. Then they got to put a cast on it, and you know, kids' bones heal quicker than adults do, but I think she still had to wear this cast for two months, something like that. And this is in the summer, my daughter loves to swim. And so she had to go through this painful process of healing, okay? And then we got hit with the bill, and we got to go through the painful process of paying for it, and you fast forward, she she gets the cast finally off, Arm is healed. We're good to go. Been off for like a week, maybe a week and a half, two weeks. I, I, she runs through the house, trips on something, breaks her arm again. And, and now daddy is crying louder than she is because I can see the bills, you know, coming our way. And she had to go through that that painful process. This time, she wasn't even crying about the break, both bones. She was actually crying. In fact, she wasn't going to be able to swim. She was going to have to go through that again. Wear the cast, and uh, that, that was going to be her her summer. You know, isn't it true? Like it's not just the pain um that, that hurts. There there's there's the there's the rehab process, there's the the rehabilitation process that can actually and sometimes be even more painful than than the pain itself. Like when I was a kid, I tore a muscle in my shoulder and uh I, I needed to do um I needed to do physical therapy, uh, but I, I never quite like did the, the physical therapy because it was hard. It was like hard work to do this physical therapy. And so I never quite went through the process of doing it, which is now why I throw a football like, you know. No, it's not quite that bad. But, but at times I do actually, if I overuse my arm, I, I will actually re-pull that muscle. Why? Because I, didn't, I wasn't willing to go through the physical therapy. I wasn't willing to do the painful part of, 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 of rehab. To get healed, and oftentimes this is true in our lives. Like I'm not just talking about physical pain; I'm talking about emotional pain that we're not willing to go through the rehab, the physical therapy that's necessary, so that our souls can be healed. Okay, but we can turn to one called Yahweh Rapha, who will help us um, to find healing. and And this name Yahweh Rapha it comes from many places. Uh, in the Bible. It's actually a name that's used in many places, but I want us to look at Psalm 147 and see where it's used here in this psalm. The psalmist says, praise Yahweh. And again, we're seeing that name Yahweh. Uh, We talked about this week one. If you missed that message, you might want to go back and listen to it. Um, Our Bibles uh, translate it Lord. Lord, Okay, But wherever you see Lord in all capitals, L-O-R-D, and it's all uppercase, the real Hebrew there is not Lord. That's a title. The real Hebrew is actually God's name, which is Yahweh. And, and now that we're working through this series, we're seeing this everywhere, right? It's everywhere. The psalmist is saying, praise Yahweh. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise him. Uh, and I love this. I, I think this, 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 we need to stop here for a second and recognize that it is good and right and fitting to sing songs of praise to Yahweh, okay? Uh, yes, there's all kinds of different ways that you and I can worship God. All kinds of different ways. Serving, you know, some of us is just thinking and reading our Bible. There's all kinds of ways you can give praise to God, but don't discount what the Bible says. Singing is an important way that we Praise God. Opening our mouths and using the voices that God gave us to say, God, you matter. You are valuable in my life, and I love you. That is something that the Bible tells us to do. And I know some of us, like, you know, after the service, we like to kind of get out a little early. But I'm going to push back on that a little bit and challenge you, don't do that. Because this is an opportunity to use your voice to say, Yahweh, you matter in my life. That's what the psalmist is saying. Now, why? Why? Why do we praise Yahweh? Well, at least one reason. He goes on in verse two. He says, "The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel." Okay, so this was written after the exile. You know, last year we did a series on Nehemiah and learned about how uh, Israel had been taken, uh, had been conquered by the Babylonians and stripped from their country. And 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 we can read a passage like this and gloss over it. Okay. But this is important, what he's saying here. He gathered the exiles back. God miraculously brought the, the exile out of, out of Babylon, what eventually became Persia, and he brought them back into their homeland, something he promised to do. But friends, you need to understand something. These exiles would have had a lot of baggage. There would have been a lot of emotional pain being an exile. Okay? You lose your identity, you are ripped from your, 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 your country, and you essentially become a slave in another foreign nation. Okay, uh, you know, this is before the Geneva Convention, friends. Do, do I need to tell you how brutal this would have been? Do I need to tell you what would have happened to the women when another nation comes in and conquers them? it might have even been worse for the men like we read about daniel for example in our bibles and you know sunday school we, we read about daniel and almost get this picture like you know he's just got this perfect you know this perfect life even though he's in exile do you realize he's working in the king's court you know what that means about daniel daniel's a eunuch daniel's been castrated Okay, friends. Th- these are things that we read over exile, and we treat it. It's not. It's, it's <laughs> we got to grow up a little bit from our Sunday school thinking. This this is brutal. What these people have experienced. There's going to be some emotional pain that these people are carrying. And yet it says the Lord, he builds up Jerusalem. He gathers back the exiles, these people who have experienced such deep humiliation and pain in life. He brings them back in Israel. And then verse three, listen to this. He heals. He heals the brokenhearted. And he binds up their wounds. Man, he heals. Saying God can heal some deep traumatic stuff that has happened in people's life. He can heal the brokenhearted, but I want you to hear that. He binds up their wounds. Sometimes we get this picture of when God heals, he's just gonna, you're gonna pray one time and on the next thing, you know, you're you're all of a sudden instantly healed from all your emotional pain and all your emotional baggage. And maybe God does that every once in a while, but I would say that is the exception. Usually there's gonna be a process. Binding up a wound is a process, isn't it? And oftentimes, healing is going to require going through a painful process. Are we willing to go through the painful process of being healed by our God? I find that many people are not. Can you imagine if Callie, if we didn't go and reset the bone and put the cast on her arm, can you imagine what happens? Imagine if we just tried to numb it somehow, if we just tried to give her some coping mechanisms, if we just tried to help her self-medicate and and do whatever she needed to do. No, 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 her arms not going to grow properly, and yet many of us emotionally, that's what we're doing. We're trying to cope, we're trying to self-medicate, we're trying to numb pain that's in our life because we don't want to go through the painful process, the physical therapy emotionally of being healed. And so what do I mean by we cope, we self-medicate, we numb? You know, some examples of that because some of us don't even know what I mean by that. You know, if you're a person who rushes home after work and the first thing you're thinking about is getting a drink, right? glass of wine or something like that. You're probably in some way self-medicating and trying to numb something in your life. If you're a person who doesn't have the money but you have to go out and you have to buy things and you're, you, you just need to be putting things on credit cards and have things that you don't even need, that's probably a sign to you that there's something off in your life and you're probably trying to self-medicate and numb something deep going on in your life. Some of us escape through sleeping. Some of us escape through pornography. All kinds of things that we turn to to try to self-medicate. Pain in our lives. Some people even end up cutting themselves. You know, you, you've heard about that. And my heart goes out to those who, who do that. It's something we even read about in the, in the scriptures, cutting them because you're just trying to express that pain. And so this is serious stuff that we're talking about, that stuff that, um, it, 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 this, is, this isn't cute stuff. This is deep pain that many of us, um, if, if we were aware, are, are, are dealing with here at Edinburgh Church. But we can turn to Yahweh Rapha and we can start the painful process of of being healed. And the problem is if we don't go through that painful process, it's going to start coming out of our lives sideways, okay? It's going to show up in our lives in some way, somehow. It's going to start affecting our relationship. It might be with your spouse. It might be with your kids. It might be with your friends. It might be with your church family,
1: it might lead to
0: really unhealthy coping mechanisms that are going to begin really taking a, a toll on, on, your, on your life, okay? And, and so it, it's going to come out sideways. There's even a saying, um, hurting people hurt people. You ever heard that? And that's been true in my life. I can look back and see how, man, I hurt people, and it was coming out of the pain that I hadn't been willing to deal with, the, the, the hard things I hadn't been willing to deal with in my life. Okay, so this morning, I want to encourage us and give us some steps, if we're willing, if we're brave enough, to start going through that painful process of dealing with the pain in our lives, okay, um, so that it doesn't come out sideways, so that we don't have to self-medicate and, and, and cope, but can rather deal with it, because I believe Yahweh Ra- Rafa wants to make us healthy and, and whole. Do you believe that? I do, Okay. So here's three steps, if you're taking notes, that I believe are necessary for us to to, to be healed. There's some pain in this. You've got to have some courage to to, to go down this road. But if you're willing, the first is to be healed. I need to deal with how I feel. We live in a culture that does not like to deal with our feelings. Okay? And, And I would even say I've noticed that's even a little bit more here in a Midwestern culture where we tend to be more stoic, and it's just you put your head down and you just go. You don't talk about your feelings, you don't deal with your feelings, you just go, okay? Because feelings are seen as inconvenient, or we don't know what to do with them, so you don't deal with them and you just go. But the reality is, the feelings are there. Whether we, we, we stuff it or whether we're trying to self-medicate. And I, uh, you know, if I, <laughs> something that was triggered for me was even how we, we deal with this thought of our feelings in culture. We, we even, like, joke about our coping now. Have, have you guys noticed this? Like, as a culture, we even kind of laugh about the, the, the ways we try to cope with our, the pain in our life. Like, uh, a few years ago, um, do you remember those popular, like, therapist memes where the therapist would say, what do we do when we feel like this? One of the ones I read said, more espresso, less depresso. The therapist says, no. (laughs) Someone asked, what is your unhealthiest coping mechanism? Someone responded by saying, listening to depressing songs while I'm depressed to increase my depression. Anybody do that? He said, why am I listening to the song? (laughs) Only making things worse. I I came across this one therapist. What do we do when we feel like this? We post selfies on social media to be validated by strangers. (laughs) No, (laughs) the therapist says. You know, and we we laugh about this, and we even treat this lightly. But here's my question to us who are doing that, who are just kind of joking about it and just treating it lightly. How long can we keep doing that? How long can you keep doing that until it's going to come out sideways in your life? How long can you just keep treating this? Because I'm looking around and I'm looking at a culture that is hurting. And here we are laughing about it, you know, joking about our coping mechanisms, and yet it's coming out sideways in all kinds of lives, affecting people in all kinds of ways. Friends, one of the things I love about being a Christ follower is I can be open and honest to God about the way I feel. That I can go to God and tell him whatever is on my heart. And sometimes, maybe you're a man and you're sitting out there like, yeah, when I hear about feelings, talking about feelings, maybe that to you sounds a little feminine, I don't know. Or maybe, like I said earlier, maybe for some of us it just seems inconvenient, or I I don't know what to do with it. But I'm telling you, when we look at the Bible, we see men. Men. Who were willing to step up and say, yeah, I have a weakness in my life. You remember Paul saying, when I am weak, then I am strong. Why? Because when people see the weakness in your life, that's when God loves to shine through you so he gets glory for what he's doing in and through your life. And so we can be honest as Christ followers to say, I have pain in my life. I have a weakness in my life. I don't need to be prideful about that or just laugh it off. I can deal with it. You know, David who wrote most of the Psalms, right? This is a dude who who killed, slayed giants. This is a dude who conquered nations. He was an honored king that we still honor today. Look at at what he says in Psalm 6. This is just one of his Psalms, one of many that are called Psalms of Lament. He says, my soul is in deep anguish. How long, Yahweh, how long? Turn, Yahweh, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. I am worn out from my groaning. All night long, I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. Man, here you see David voicing his pain before Yahweh. Because he knows Yahweh can heal. And I'm telling you, as a practical step, some of us, the best thing we could do today is find some alone time and just go to Yahweh and say, Yahweh, I am struggling. I have pain in my life. I am struggling. Yahweh, I am mad at you that I am still single. So you can relate with that. And you need to tell God about that. Or Yahweh, I'm still hurting from the... Divorce of my parents growing up. Yahweh. I can't believe that person said that to me. It's I think it's hurt me. I think it's damaged me, Yahweh. Yahweh. I feel so alone. I'm so upset. I'm so angry. Some of you it's just Yahweh, I don't like myself right now. Some of you, it's Yahweh, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. I don't know what would happen to me if I were to die today, Yahweh. I need some assurance in my life. For some of you, the best thing you can do, I'm telling you, is go to God and just start letting these emotions out. Because here's what I've learned. We have to feel in order to be healed. Until we start dealing with how we're feeling, we aren't going to experience the healing that Yahweh wants for our life, So maybe the first courageous step we need to take is just start dealing with our actual feelings rather than just laughing about it and trying to s- numb it. Second step that I need to do to be healed, I need to discuss with people I trust. I need community. I need people around me that I can trust, that I can be open and honest about my deepest hurts, my deepest pains and struggles um, with them. Okay, I mean, Yahweh, let's understand, God himself exists as Trinity. What does that mean? God exists as three persons, but one God. He's so united, but he's three, Father, Son, and Spirit. And they're in this thing called community. We can't even understand it fully with our minds, but you realize you're made in God's image, which means you are created for community, which means you have a longing in your soul you might not even understand for other people in your life that you can be open and honest with and who will love you. One of the, the, the other lessons I've learned is that healing comes by way of revealing. Revealing what's going on in my life to other people. In fact, James says this. He says, confess your sins to each other. I, I would argue, think there, confess your brokenness to each other, and pray for each other, why? So that you may be healed. You know, I've often wondered, Dude, is that something I have to do? Because I remember a time in my life where I was terrified to sit down and let anybody in to my past, to let anybody in to, to anything I was struggling with or going through. And I would wonder, is that something you have to do? I don't know if it's something you have to do, but I will say this, it's gonna take a lot longer for healing to happen in your life. If you want to speed up the process of healing, you've got to have some people in your life you can open up with and you can be honest with about what your struggles um, really, really are. It's one, of the, it's, it's one of the reasons I am so thankful for Edinburgh Church church where we can take off our mask. Isn't that something we said we're going to be intentional about? Taking off our mask. We're going to create a space where you can be who you are around people who will encourage you, remind you who you are in Christ, and will love you through whatever you're going through with the hope that you heal and grow in your relationship with Christ and become more like him. You know, we just had, uh, uh, you know, Pastor's Appreciation Month, October. Many of you sent me some really nice cards. Send me some really nice gifts, sometimes some really weird gifts. I tell you, just send me the real bacon, okay? You no, know, the bacon socks. What am I going to do with bacon socks, all right? You shouldn't have, okay? I mean that. You, you shouldn't have done that, okay? No, I'm actually wearing those bacon socks. <laughs> it's funny because I had that prepared to say that, and then I went to my sock drawer, and it was the only pair. I was like, I guess I'm wearing the bacon socks, <laughs> Um. But listen, I was just so encouraged by, but here's what I need you to hear. Friends, we we need like a congregation appreciation month because I am so thankful for you. It goes both ways. You have loved your pastor. Am I a perfect man? No. Do I fail us sometimes as a leader? Yes, and I probably will again. But you have walked through it with me. You have loved me. I've been able to come in before you and say, this is my past. This is my current struggle. I was able to walk through burnout with you. And what did you do? You walked with me. I love you. The healing, it's brought to my soul. So I want to say thank you, church. And when you have something like that in your life, I'm telling you, you will thank and praise your God for it. It is so good I'm a part of a men's group as well. We meet on Tuesdays, and man, some of the things that gets revealed and the things that men open up in this environment, in this men's group, you might hear things. You come to our men's group, you might hear something, somebody say, like, I'm struggling with masturbation. You might hear someone come and say, I am struggling with pornography. I am struggling right now loving my children. I am struggling with my relationship with my dad. These are things you will hear. And, and, you know, new people might come in and like, whoa, did he really just say that? Did somebody really just open up about that? And yet they sit and we sit in a circle and then we pray for each other. And we get to look at other men in the eye and say, you are a son of the most high God and we love you. And when you are fully known like that and you are fully loved, let me tell you what it leads to, healing. Because healing comes by way Of revealing. And I would ask you, do you have one or two people in your life that you can sit down with and that you can trust and you can be open with like that? It might not be completely necessary, but I'm telling you, if you don't have that, it's going to take a lot longer for healing to happen in your life, all right? So I need to, I need to deal with how I feel. I need to discuss with people I trust and then last, to be healed, I need to dig up the roots. Okay? Now, something in the church that we can kind of be notorious for, mom and dad, we can do this too. In fact, I was just thinking about this a couple of weeks ago, how I tend to do this. We tend to focus on behavior. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a time and place to check behavior because behavior can be destructive. It can be destructive to others, to that person. But when we really understand, Jesus doesn't just deal with the behavior. He wants to get to the why. He wants to get to the root. What's behind that behavior? It's kind of like weeds. If you were to ask Chuck and Cindy Larson, who oversee right, our landscaping here, ask them a thing or two about weeds. They know a thing or two about weeds. Like if you just go around and you just pluck the flowers, right, where the weeds pop up, what's going to happen? Those weeds are going to grow right back. In fact, sometimes they even spread and you end up with more weeds. They know that the key to uprooting, getting rid of those weeds, you got to get to the root. you got to dig up the root. And, and so it's same for us. If we're going to find healing in our life, we got to stop focusing on the behavior, and we got to ask the question, what's behind that behavior? Why am I doing these things? you got to get to the root, and it usually is going to be rooted in something painful or a struggle in your life of some sort. Let me give you some examples. Maybe you're being mean to the people around you. Might maybe even being mean to your, to your spouse and children. And you might think, oh, it's just my, my blood sugar levels. Or I'm just hangry right now, right? When really it's because you can't get over how somebody treated you. When you were just a child and now you find yourself taking it out on someone else. Maybe you find yourself constantly looking at pornography and you think, I just do it because it feels good. And that's why I'm looking at pornography, because you like the way it makes you feel, when really it has to do with feeling rejected in a relationship. And now it gives you a sense of control, or maybe makes you feel more desirable. Maybe it's drugs and alcohol. And uh, you might just say, you know, I'm just doing it casually even though it's really killing you. But well, maybe it's rooted in, in the pain you experienced from something in your family growing up and you've never quite dealt with it. And see, now you're, getting, now you're getting to the roots. And I'm not saying that's your situation. I'm not saying that's your circumstance. But I'm trying to give you an example of how there's things deeper going on in our lives than just the behavior. You gotta get to the why. What's at the root? And then when you discover that, what do you do with it? It's important. You confront it with the truth. You confront it with God's word. Look at what Jesus said. John A, listen, I didn't say this. Jesus said this. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth. And the truth will what? Set your soul free. Because the truth becomes our standard for how to live. So many of us, we look at God's word and we think it's just a bunch of rules. It's just a bunch of regulations. No, it is a guide how to live your life, to know who you are, to know who your Yahweh is so that you can walk in wholeness. The Bible is our standard that when somebody lies to us and tells us we don't matter, that we're not worthy. No, Yahweh says you are my son, you are my daughter, you matter more than you know. How are you going to know that without the truth? How are you going to know that without God saying, I need you to know who you are and who I am and what I and the plan that I have for your life and how good it is? You won't know that without God's word. That's why as a church, we always have, we always will preach the word of God. Okay, and I'm looking at a younger generation over here going, younger generation, don't listen to the noise of the world because they're hurting. Don't listen to the noise of culture because they're hurting. Stand on the word of God, and it will bring healing and wholeness to your life. Amen. This is where I want to go. Oh, the word of God. Going to be a church that stands because that's what, man, that's where... Man, you are looking at a man, right? If you could see my physical wound, you would see a lot of scars. You would see a lot of scars if you could see my emotional wounds. But every one of those scars would tell you about how good Yahweh has been to me. <laughs> and how I'm a trophy of his grace and how he has healed my life. And I'm telling you, it came because he gave me his word. And friends, this is what I wanna end with. I just need you to hear this. Healing is truly possible for your life. Healing is possible for your life. That's why Jesus, our Alpha, our our, our Yahweh Rapha Rapha came, okay? He came so that we could experience that healing, all right? So he could be your physician. He could be the healer. He said, I did not come for the healthy. I came for who? I came for the sick. And I, I want you to hear, like, man, you have one who wants to heal your heart. He wants to heal your soul. In fact, we read about this in Isaiah 53, 5. This was prophesied about Jesus. It said, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Friends, Jesus came and was torn apart Through flogging and a whip, his body broken, why? So that you could be put back together and you could be made whole. Jesus was nailed and imprisoned on a cross where he was bound, why? So that you could be set free. Jesus wore a, a crown of wooden thorns and was mocked and made fun of for being a king. Why did he go through that dishonor? So that you could walk in honor. As you live as a child of the most high God, by his wounds, friends, you can start the process of being healed today. If you are courageous enough and willing to start dealing with your feelings, to start discussing with people you can trust, and to start digging at the roots in your own life. You have one who can heal. I'm going to encourage us to go to him right now in prayer and and, and turn to him. Can we do that? Well, Yahweh Rapha, we want to turn to you. and We want to ask, Lord, right now that your spirit would just fill this place and fill this room. Maybe some things are being awakened even in some of our own hearts out there and uh, things that we recognize. I need to deal with that. And I'm just praying you'd give us the courage and the opportunity and the time and the space this week to start going through that process, even if it's painful, so that in five years from now, 10 years from now, we are walking with more chains broken in our life and the freedom you came to set us free for. So Lord, help us to be a people that can deal with our feelings And be open and honest and know that there's nothing we can say to you that will cause you to ever turn your back from us. May this be a church where we can trust people because there's grace here. There's encouragement here. And we can find friends that we can open up and discuss the things we're struggling with in life. And then, Lord, give us wisdom to get to those roots of what's going on to our life. So that we can confront it with your word and what your truth says about who we are. And start walking in the identity that you give us. Thank you, Jesus, that you were wounded so that we could start being healed today. We're going to ask for more of that in our lives and all God's people said, amen.